Podcast. 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 Are we saying podcast? Welcome back, welcome back. Two fanboys in a filthy casual back at you once again. As usual, this is Dennis. This is Lewis. And this is Harold. I am hoping everybody's doing well. Um, I know we are all still stuck um, here in COVID hell. Um, and it looks like we're going to be here for a little bit longer. So Just um, when we thought we were out. <laughs> I know, just, just when we thought the curve was kind of like be, being less and all of a sudden, bam. <laughs> people in North Dakota screwed us um, and we just uh, uh, um, uh, offended the only listener we have in, in North Dakota <laughs> in North Dakota <laughs> um, so I'm hoping everybody's doing well today we have a couple of things to talk about but we have two segments that we've been kind of like really talking about and I'm kind of worried about our first segment and our first segment is Harold's animal drop-ins and uh, Harold what is this I think that you said that you 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 were not able to get any turnips this this week. Ah man, it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's never happened. I swear, it's never happened before. This is something that's. <laughs> I swear, it's never happened before. It's never happened before. It's the first it it happens everything. to plenty of guys. It happens to plenty of guys. Hey, <laughs> plenty of guys every Sunday, like Sundays, it just happens. You know, you're too focused on one thing and you forget about another thing. Um, yeah, for me, it, it's, <laughs> I guess telling these guys, so, okay, let's, let's premise this before, or preface this before we start anything. Um, I've actually, for the past couple of Sundays, I've been going to ch- church again. Um, like you guys know, there was a while where I wasn't really a church goer and then well, that I, you did what you call it, but it was Best Buy. Yeah. Best Buy and Target <laughs> and running joke. But super serious, and I would always say to my parents, "Yeah, I'm going to church, but I'd actually be at Best Buy and Target, spending hundreds of dollars on useless crap." Um, but in the past maybe decade and a half or so, I actually have been going to church, and um, it was not strange, but like when the whole uh, quarantine thing began, I remember church was one of the first things where it's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not going because there's no way." you can go to any kind of church without a social distancing or be um, trying to not be physical in any way because you're either um, passing money. That's funny. Went there first or you're like shaking hands or, you know, you're praying and everything or, or communion. like or communion <laughs> or like thing. what happened. But what happened in the one case is uh, acquire a bunch of, people at a choir practice all acquired the the virus because they were singing together so like the uh the fact that they were breathing so close to each other and that freaked me out so i was like yeah church not gonna happen but um the governor and the mayor of los angeles were generous enough to open up church in the past couple of weeks so we had to schedule ourselves or our family to go in and it was nice because you are very far away from each other and you're only allowed to be near your family and uh, of course when the chance for communion came i ran out the door because i was like nope not getting anywhere (laughs) near that so the the last sunday uh, i was unable to find daisy may the turnip seller before i went to church and i was like oh i should be able to find it by the time church is over because 
church is literally five minutes from my or like 10 minutes from my house and then my family was like no let's go grab lunch real quick and i was like okay we got we gotta <laughs> make this pretty quick and i saw that the line at el pollo loco was pretty short so i was like let's go to el pollo loco and i keep forgetting that sometimes those chickens take a long to roast so by the time i got back and i was like well missed that opportunity <laughs> so for the first time in two months no turnips that that is so sad um i'm having a <laughs> i'm having a, a slightly different issue because i was messaging harold uh, or messaging you guys that i was actually looking at um a decent price this time around and i've been used uh, you know lewis i don't know if you know this but there's these things called um turnip calculators and it, it actually like does like a pretty good prediction as to what the price is and when and everything and I've been getting cunts. It, 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 it's been consistent. It's been telling me Thursday, Thursday night, Thursday p.m., Thursday p.m. And as of this morning, Thursday p.m., my average was I think like two. Minimum was going to be two forty-five, and maximum was going to be like, um, like five, five something. And I was really, really excited about it. And then I inputted the amounts for my my turnips for um to, to today or the afternoon it dropped from it went negative for some reason so i have no <laughs> idea what's going on here it's been teasing me for the last three days and then if i i i, I have not gotten a positive at any point during uh, ever since ever since monday and if i lose Ooh. out on my three hundred thousand bells here i'm gonna be so pissed off at this game <laughs> So you guys, you guys know how it feels to be like a stockbroker during 2008 or like Black Monday when stuff just went upside down. I'm yeah, and Harold, Harold was that lucky guy that didn't, you know, it's like it's like trading places, and there's those guys that never got an opportunity to be uh, called in to uh, to buy. That that's Harold right now. <laughs> You saying oh. I'm I'm the guy that's not trying to buy frozen orange juice? Yeah, <laughs> and you're Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah. Who's Dan Aykroyd? And which yeah, one's I, Eddie Murphy? I I prefer to be Dan Aykroyd. You know, <laughs> I I, I, I want to actually. You know, I was gonna go a little political, but we're not gonna go there right now. Because you're gonna say you end up with Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> hey man, '80s Jamie Lee Curtis was a uh, yeah. Dude, what do you mean '80s Jamie? Dude, true lies, Jamie Lee. That's true. That's true. I, I, um, I, I mean, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Freaky Friday, Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay, there. Freaky Friday. Uh, that, that's, yeah, uh, I think we just tap. Uh-huh. That's two lies where she, she, she's going upstairs and she's like, what's her hair? I'm like, um, <laughs> is this supposed to be sexy right now? But she doesn't do so more. I know, but <laughs> that's why. I mean, aside from that, aside from her, it would have been a perfect scene. You know, it's hard because at the same time in that movie is Tia Carrere, and that that throws the balance off everybody else. <laughs> why couldn't Tia Carrere be Jamie Lee? <laughs> and then Arnold's daughter ends up being super hot too, so that's kind of weird. But Dushku! So yeah, that'll be okay, a future. Yeah, that'll be a future episode, I guess. Uh, sexy? Question mark? True lies? <laughs> awesome. uh, no. I mean, that's a given. Yeah, that's a given. Um, the other segment that we've been doing or we started last week was uh, 
two guys, one rod, and unfortunately, the other guy um, was a little bit busy this week. I guess uh, turns out work and uh, life uh, has has gotten in the way. So, Louis, hey, you mentioned you haven't just like Harold's turnips. You were not able to partake this week. Unfortunately, not. Um, you know, people. Uh, I think most of our listeners know I work in the public sector. Uh, end of the end of the fiscal year is like our Christmas and you know New Year's kind of thing. So. Uh, kind of lost track of time, so it was like, oh crap! It's already July first, like next week. We gotta turn stuff in. <laughs> so anyway, defund the Lewis, like Harold said before, or like Dennis and Harold said before. So, so translation, my is, uh, you guys forgot that you needed to turn in stuff. It's like, oh crap! It's June. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I didn't know that that was. I didn't know that that was a thing uh, about the uh, the city stuff being around this time until literally this week, like you. One of my clients was like, hey, can you turn in your invoices to us real quick? And I'm like, why? You haven't got anything. He's like, yeah, uh, we need to pay it by July or June 30th. So get your paperwork in right now. And I was or, like, oh, my God. Or we can't pay you. <laughs> yeah. And then and we, and these guys have some big contracts out. And like my boss has been out for the past two days. And he was like, hey, did you turn in that thing? And I was going to be like, I joked with him. I was like, no, nah, I totally forgot. He's like. He literally, instead of an email, he actually called the office and I answered, uh, Pizza Hut, how can I help you? And then he was not laughing. He usually <laughs> doesn't laugh at most of the stuff I do anyways. And then he was like, did you turn it in? And I was like, yeah, I did. And uh, luckily, luckily, um, we were able to secure the money. So yeah, nice. this week up until today, it was, it was pretty hectic, but. The, I, I don't know. You're the Jim Halpert of your office, but yeah. So unfortunately, no, like, 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 like Harold, no, uh, no profits for me. But um, I know you did, didn't you? Then yeah. On Tuesday morning, I, I I decided to go out fishing. Went to Lake Balboa, and I actually on my my first cast, I actually caught a fish. Unfortunately, it was like three inches long. It, it was. A, it was pretty tiny um, in my hands, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and, and so it was like it, it was it was thrilling because um, like I've the one thing that I've been wanting to do is catch one, and I did. But um, the the problem is afterward, I was I was still there for another maybe hour and a half. I didn't ca- catch anything. But the funny part is, I have to tell you, um, and I don't know, because I know, Louis, when you go out, you usually go out with your, your son and everything. Um, this time around, I asked my daughter, and she d- didn't feel like going fishing. So I went by myself. And I have to tell you, two hours just fishing, like, went by really quickly. Like, it was, it was like, I, I was surprised. Like, I looked at my phone and was like, oh, crap. I have to get home. I, I'm supposed to be with my family right now. So I, I can <laughs> Who's see, watching my daughter? <laughs> I can see. I can see the. Um, I, I can see the, the the appeal for people who who do go fishing and go out like by themselves. I can see where where that lies, and it's interesting. Like so, um, it's uh, been a good two weeks so far. Um, I know for a fact I'm going to go tomorrow morning. Um, I'll go fishing again, and um, you know and. Uh, Check out my 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 new rig this time around. So we'll see. Yeah, that's kind of what disappointed me about. Like, I mean, yeah, definitely stay safe, everybody, and let's like you know flatten the freaking curve again. 
people if you're listening to this but that that we was the part that kind of Jesus Christ I, <laughs> That's, that's kind of what disappointed me about you know the news. Unfortunately, that this week uh, you know all basically every beach from you know San Luis Obispo all the way down to to actually I think San Diego is the only county that's still open in California that's worth going to at least. Um, so it's kind of disappointing because yeah, I, I plan on either going, but like my wife and I were going to flip a coin. It's like, do we go north to Ventura County or do we go like south to like the OC for for this weekend? And you know the decision was made for us by Newsom. I was like, no, you're going to stay home. It's like, oh, okay. Um, anyway, so hopefully by next week, uh, I'll be able to pick up the ride, the, the ride and the reel again, and uh, have something fun for next week's two rods or two rods, two two <laughs> guys and one rod. Uh, did I, can I tell you guys a quick story about fishing one time? Please. Uh, I went fishing with my. Um, I want to call him insane, but I'm pretty sure he's kind of just weird cousin, and my other cousin who's sort of cool, um, and. My older cousin was like kind of that's what he does is like he goes deep sea fishing, he goes to the lakes, he does all that kind of stuff. So he's a little he's like uh, maybe eight or nine years older than me and my cousin. And he was like, Okay, I'm gonna take you guys fishing and this is what you're gonna do and you know, he's showing us how to fish and he catches his first fish and then it's like a big one and he but it's big enough that you can like hold it with just one hand and he holds the he unhooks it holds it with one hand and he goes, and this is what you do with the fish. And he took the fish, turned it around and then he bashed the fish's brain Ooh. against the rock. And he was like, <laughs> and he goes, do you know why you do that? And me and my cousin, I think we we're like 12 at the time. We we're like, why did you do that? And he's like, because you had to put them out of their misery or else they're suffering. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, man, you could have warned us what you were going to do. And then so, me and my cousin Russ were just looking at each other like, so I guess we do that? And Russ catches a fish and he's about to do that and the fish gets out of the, like, gets away from him because he's like about to bash him. But then, you know, when you're like not used to holding something slippery, it like slips out of your hand. So he's like making the uh, motion uh, and it just flipped out. And my cousin yelled at him and then he was just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But yeah, next time you catch a fish, you got to beat its brains out. And then when I caught a fish, I was like looking at him like, dude, is he going to beat my brains out if I don't do this? And just, I was like, I'm just going to throw it in the in the cooler, man. And he goes, nah. And he took it from me. And then he started bashing it. And instead of just hitting it one time, because he said, you're supposed to just do it one time so it kills it automatically like a, like a one-inch punch. He did it like three times just to show me. And then I was just like, I'm, I don't want to go with this guy ever again. So, of course, uh, out of all my family, his... Son is the one that ends up being a police officer. <laughs> wow. Nice. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny you bring that up because, yeah, the one time, I mean, I've only, I'm not going to call myself like whatever, but I, I did catch like a, a, a small minnows out in the pier. And unlike here in the, you know, the, the man-made lakes in the, in the city limits, um, you can keep what you catch at the pier. And so my son and I caught it and I panicked because I was so ill-prepared for that day. I, I like I had no idea because I, I think I saw the same thing or I probably had the same thing in my head. So the only thing I could reach for was like a Swiss army knife and I got this little sardine in one hand and I'm like, oh, okay. and the dude wouldn't die. So I, I felt even worse because I'm just like, why would you die already? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Wait, you kept the fish? I did. I kept the first one that we caught just for like, I, I was feeling sentimental with my son because I'm like, hey, buddy, this is our first fish. 
literally can't feed any of us, but you know, maybe we could use it for bait in the future. But yeah, like I said, it's like, it's got like a smushed head because we had to hammer it a few times. (laughs) And I realized after the fact, I'm like, I don't think it was alive. I think it was just like muscle spasming and I just like punished it even worse. So yeah, my bad uh, fish guy. But yeah, that's probably why I haven't caught any more since then because it's just bad karma to (laughs) freaking torture a fish. We just lost any uh, animal lovers. uh, I know. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to our PETA listeners. Well, here's the thing, though. I was I, I, um, I, I was going to add to it where um, I did catch the fish, but then I completely forgot that once you catch the fish, you have to hold it, and then you have to take out the hook away from its fi- uh, from its mouth. I felt so bad for it, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you just letting him hang, dude? Uh, no, like I did it, but when I ripped it out of its, like, oh. I, I didn't rip, but like I, I had to, you know, you have to kind of like, like force it out, you know what I mean? Yeah. But so it wasn't like a yank or anything. So, but I followed where the hook is, and and I, I like pulled it up, but then it's still, you know, you're still basically damaging, you know, the fish there. So, little fishy, if you're alive, I apologize. <laughs> It was still, it was still kicking so me sorry. And if you're listening to this podcast, amazing. <laughs> I know. Tell your other friends. <laughs> and if you need a translator, <laughs> that's right. Oh, man. Really not, the first time I've, not the first time I've heard Harold do, do that sound. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, Lewis, I think you are, you are the, uh, the main man right now for our episode. Tell everybody what we're talking about. Okay, cool. So, um, actually, I'm glad we're segueing off of our talk of both Animal Crossing and, um, you know, fishing. Uh, th- this uh, topic is actually kind of inspired by that fact. Like, this last few days, or uh, last few months, obviously, in quarantine, um, you know, the three of us have taken the plunge into trying new stuff. You know, I, I know for a fact that Harold, you know, at the beginning was a little pensive about, do I need, do I want to get a Switch? Do I want to get into Animal Crossing? And he got into it. Uh, like we mentioned in last week's episode, Den and I, uh, you know, got into fishing and, you know, walking into um, a fishing store. The, the bait and tech store was kind of intimidating because it's a, it's a different fandom. It's a new, t- it's a new place for us and uh, out of our comfort zone. So it kind of inspired me because it's like, you know, for for all the times that the three of us can go walk into a comic book store or, or, or a video game store or anywhere else like that, we're super comfortable about doing that. But there's got to be, you know, I want to say there's probably dozens of people out there who want to get into these things or want to get into the different fandoms but have no idea how to get into it. You know, you look it up online. Uh, let's say, you know, it's going to be an example looking uh, coming up. But, you know, like, how do I get into, let's say, Batman? I want to read more Batman comic books. But, you know, dude's been around since almost for like 100 years worth of comic books. So, like, where do you jump in? So that kind of inspired today's main topic. Uh, you know, I asked the guys to basically come up with, you know, their choice of a franchise or some, you know, a, a, a character um, and then kind of give or give our suggestion for what was the best gateway episode or gateway issue or whatever. Now, uh, uh, Harold actually brought it up during this conversation, but be- uh, ge- a gateway isn't necessarily the best episode, right guys? No. Yeah. So, you know, gateway, we mean like we want, it's God, I've only been fishing for three, for three weeks, but I feel like I'm, I'm using an analogy worse, but like, it's like the bait, you know, you, it's the, 
It's the one episode that'll get you hooked. And then from there, hypothetically, your best case scenario, huh? <laughs> um, and best case scenario, you dive into, God, enough, you dive into the show. You know, you maybe watch that, this episode that we, that we suggest during this podcast, you pull it up. And then after that, you say, hey, you know what? I really enjoy that. Let me go back to the beginning or let me jump around and see what else, what other episodes I like. So with that, without further ado, I think I explained that pretty well. I hope. I, I think I did. Yeah. Um, what, one thing, Louis, like, I, I, I was kind of having a hard time with this because um, personally, I'm the type of guy where if I don't see the first episode, if I, if I don't like the first episode or two, um, I tend not to watch it. Um, you know, it kind of happened. Uh, Harold's been uh, telling me to watch Parks and Rec, um, and I told Harold, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't getting into it. And Harold's response was, you know, it gets better in the second season. Or I think it was Kersia. I, I, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not quite sure who said it. Yeah, me and Kersia did. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, so I, I, I think that's that's the idea. Um, that that's kind of the idea of what we're talking about. Where, uh, what is the one thing that really catches you, latches on? And then and goes on. So, um, what are we talking about today, then, uh, Lewis? Um, okay, to start off, I think one of the uh, one of the shared uh, fandoms that the three of us have, and it is one of those that is kind of you know from the outside looking in, it's kind of hard to get into. Is let's let's start off with the Simpsons. You okay. know, this this show has been around since the the eighties. No, yeah, yep. yeah, the the late eighties, starting with the Tracy Ullman show as a short. Uh, now it's on. It's like. 20 something season so you know if you're uh, if you're a young kid or if you're if you're if you're something that you haven't watched before uh so, and you wanted to get in get in on the jokes and get in on that stuff it's kind of tough to get in so uh here's here's the challenge so everybody here you know we promised it before uh what's your favorite or what is your preferred gateway episode or what episode do you want to give your friends who say i want to get into the simpsons so that they hopefully get hooked onto the show um, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to start only because I only have the one example and hopefully you guys didn't choose it. Uh, but I chose um, the episode called And Maggie Makes Three. So uh, if you have Disney Plus, it's actually on that. All seasons are streaming on, on both Disney Plus and on Hulu. Hulu has the more recent episodes, but Disney Plus has the like entire library. So you can go all the way back to the first few seasons. So uh, Maggie Makes Three, this is the season six, episode 13. Um, this is basically where uh, you find out that, yes, Homer is a bumbling idiot, but he has like a heart of gold. And that, you know, some of the best Simpsons episodes are those kind of things where, yeah, you know, he, he, he's socially inept. He might be on the spectrum, but dude is a good family man. He's a good dad. And, you know, th this episode in particular, you know, it's got some classic gags, some good jokes, but it also has one of the best like uh ending sequences where you know the whole end the episode begins when all the family is gathered around after the tv breaks and they are looking through baby albums and the kids barton and, and lisa ask where are maggie's pictures and you know homer and marge go into this really great story of how they found out when they were pregnant with the maggie with the maggie with, with their third child and basically, to, to, to jump to the end, um, it's a really sweet uh, moment where we find out that there isn't a photo album for Maggie because Homer keeps all of his pictures of Maggie at work to help, him to help keep him motivated and inspired to keep working to do it for her. 
So again, funny, good stuff, uh, great family dynamic, shows just how much heart Homer and the rest of the family does. Uh, unfortunately, they kind of lose that uh, towards the later seasons where uh, Homer kind of becomes a little more like corny and kind of mean and all that good stuff. But, you know, at the time, one of the better ones. So if you, if hopefully this is the kind of episode that'll get you hooked on the show. Um, I, I kind of agree with uh, Lewis where, or with you, Lou, where um, the later seasons, to be honest with you, I have not been able to watch the last, like maybe four years, <laughs> the four or five years, just because I don't know. Um, it, it's, it's gone to the point where it's, you know, they know what is funny, which is bumbling Homer, sassy, uh, you know, sassy um, Bart Simpson. Um, and while it's the formula they're at, the one thing that I kind of want to remind everybody, as you kind of referred to it, is that that's not what it was before. Um, the Simpsons at its best, at its core, was really a family show. It was, a, it was about every single character. Um, and for me, um, you know, if, if we were talking about episodes um, that really made me understand what The Simpsons was or is supposed to be, um, I, I would actually go back to season one. And one of my favorite episodes um, that I would suggest to people is um, an episode called Life on the Fast Lane. Um, and for those people who might not remember it, that's the one where um, for, I think, either birthday or anniversary gift, um, Homer, Sim Homer decides to buy a, um, a personalized bowling ball, a bowling ball, knowing that you know, Marge won't like it. And so um, Marge would just give it to him. So he would actually have his own very own uh, bowling ball, which is really smart um, if you think about it. Um, but, uh, you know, um, uh, um, my, my Marge understanding, realizing what's happening, he decides to, she decides to try it out. Lo and behold, there's a, um, you know, a, a Casanova at the bowling alley um, named Jacques, I think is his name. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, things uh, uh, ensue. And then all of a sudden, Marge is starting to kind of fall, uh, starting to get infatuated with this, um, with this, the stranger, and the stranger basically woos her and makes her realize that you know there's certain things that is missing in her life, and so you know a famous scene where one of my favorite favorite scenes where it's really on the nose where um, you know Jacques offers Marge the opportunity to go and and escape with him. So driving, he gets a literal you know a fork in the road. Where one side means going with Jacques, the other one goes to the power plant. And um, in one of the more, the more memorable moments, you have um, Marge decide to go there. And uh, one of my favorite uh, moments is uh, people are asking, you know, where are you, what, do, what, what do we tell the boss? No, where, where are you going? And he's like, I'm gonna go to the back seat with my wife, you know, for and, uh, and you know, for ten minutes or something like that. And, and it, I won't be back for five minutes. It's, like, it's <laughs> the at least for me, it's the most. That was the the that was what the Simpsons was supposed to be. It's supposed to be family's comedy, but still not just full out uh, comedy, but also it had it had a heart. And that would be my 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 episode. 
Great poll, dude. That's that's that was actually one of the better ones because it's funny too that he brought up like how you brought up the the, the conversation is like yeah. Besides this episode, really solid choice, but you know the first season was a little uneven for me too. I mean, re- looking back at it, I guess that's the benefit of getting you know all of all of the Simpsons on Disney Plus is you can look back at those early Simpsons, and you know part of me was uh, forgot that yeah it's fun, but you know the 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 good the peak of the Simpsons I think was towards the later season, but yeah that doesn't mean the first season didn't have a lot of like great gems or a lot of like little pieces that set up the, the rest of the show. Yeah, I have always been one of the guys who was like uh, season one and season two are good, but season three is when it became great, and that's when it became an all time classic. Uh, I want to pull from those seasons, but I'm going with, like we said, a gateway just because it's so always going to be memorable for me is, I don't even know what season it was, but the episode is called Das Bus. Um, and I can see from you guys' face that you don't kind of remember what Das Bus is, but it's the Simpsons take on Lord of the Flies. Oh yes, yes, of yes, yes. Okay, yeah. When um, Mrs. Krabappel's class becomes the uh, the Uni- the the United Nations, right? Yeah, and they and go. So they field. have so, mm-hmm. the thing that will always be memorable to me is, of course, uh, them racing the fruits down the <laughs> bottom, the floor of the bus, and uh, go orange, go apple, and then of course you have Ralph saying, "Go, go banana." banana. banana. <laughs> And of course, the banana goes nowhere because you try to roll a banana, that bad boy ain't moving. But I always love that episode. It's it's classic Ralph because that I, that's mainly the reason I love that episode is because he has that classic. He also has the um, I ate the purple berries. They taste like burning, which is still a quote I use to this day. Every time we used to take alcohol, it tastes like burning. Tastes like burning. Um, also, when he that too. <laughs> but and then when they're they're all uh, make they they all put the war paint on, uh, Ralph comes out dressed like Peter Chris from Kiss. So he's the cat and he starts meowing. <laughs> and then we have uh, Sherry or Terry, I can't remember which one, but they say, uh, "I'm so hungry, I could eat at Arby's." <laughs> <laughs> just, every time I go to Arby's, I'm like, "This that joke's so messed up." Um, and it just underrated, because, like. like Underrated food, by the way. I've, I mean, it's, oh, not, yeah. it's not like I go out of my way, but I, I actually like Arby's. If it's there, yeah, it's, you're right, dude, for sure. No, you know what? It's not, it's not even, there's one not too far from where we're at. And I want to say maybe like once every three months I have to go. Just because it's like, <laughs> like that, that Arby's and horror. It's legit, dude. Yeah, that's, so. That's, that's good uh, stuff. It's literally how we tell ourselves that we're eating prime rib. To be bougie, but it's literally like in a $2 potato loaf. <laughs> but that's one of my favorite episodes. Uh, also, uh, just to be uh, honest about it, is one of the episodes I used to download uh, when I used to work for Dennis at the computer lab. And I used an illegally downloading uh, program. So when they went to my computer, they saw nothing but Simpsons episodes and wrestling. So, yeah. Good stuff. I'm pretty sure we found other things, bro. <laughs> That wasn't me. Because <laughs> even though even though I had access to that stuff, I switched it onto a CD before. <laughs> before Dennis or the other supervisors got to it. <laughs> yeah, Lord. he had seven hundred and forty megs on a CD. Those files were maybe like thirty megs. 
best five minutes ever. <laughs> yes. Five minutes. <laughs> that's, that's a long. That's a long movie. <laughs> Actually, I, I feel the same way because I also made fun of uh, Mountain Dew. The Simpsons made fun of Mountain Dew and and Kalkalev. I was like, I like oh, the, Mountain the crab juice. Yeah, crab juice. Mountain Mountain Dew or crab juice. Oh, yeah. gross. I'll take the crab juice. And I'm like, <laughs> I remember seeing that episode. I was like, I like Mountain Dew. <laughs> Am I that wrong? Was another, that was another episode I downloaded, but uh, I don't even know if they show that episode anymore. That's a good question. I don't know if they do. It probably is on Disney Plus. I do know Disney I don't has know, been. Dude. You don't think, huh? No, I, any shot of the Twin Towers, I don't think they're putting anywhere. So Yeah, that's true. That's that, right. That whole yeah. episode is prefaced on Homer taking a pee at the top of one and going to the other tower. So. <laughs> and running in. And, I know, and the whole premise is him cursing out New York. So maybe not a good look yeah. anymore. <laughs> maybe, no, maybe no crab juice on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> at the time, hilarious. But no, not so much anymore. Um, okay, so okay, so we 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 started off with The Simpsons uh, again, like a, one of those big unwieldy shows that's kind of hard to jump in. So from here on in, we'll 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 you know choose our own franchise and basically give our own suggestions to where we think it'd be a good jumping on point or a gateway for your episode. So um, for my next one, uh, one of my favorite shows and one of, I, I I'll give cr- uh, credit to Dennis for trying at least before, um, and I know it didn't catch, but you know it's all right. Uh, but Doctor Who. So this show has been around since the 60s. Um, it is currently on HBO Max. So, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, that's my little PSA is, you know, I'd like to tell you the show and the episode and where you can probably stream it if you don't, if you don't already have it. Um, so for this one, my suggestion is instead of jumping in from like the first 60s series, jump into the more recent one. So um, <laughs> this one I'm going to suggest if you want to get into Doctor Who is start with Matt Smith's first episode. So Matt Smith. Um, so the whole gimmick of Doctor Who is that he's an alien who looks human. And every time in the story, every time he dies, he changes into a different person. But in reality, what it is, it's that the actor or currently actress um, is basically either done with their contract or they don't want to reprise the role or the studios cutting the show, you know, for whatever reason. So, you know, for, in this case, Matt Smith is our newest doctor. Um, he's uh, accompanied by Karen Gillan. So if you don't know her, she is, um, I was, was going to call it Gamora. Shoot. Nebula. Nebula. She's Nebula from the guardians of the galaxy and the, and the, uh, Avengers movies. Uh, this is her debut role, I believe, her biggest role. Um, so this this is their first episode together called the Eleventh Hour. So it's a great episode because it it basically holds the the, the viewers' hands, basically saying that this is what the Doctor Who that the Doctor is about. This is what the show is about. You know, these are the rules, more or less, that he can time travel. He has a spaceship that does X Y Z. And he's accompanied by humans to keep him grounded and to help him kind of, uh, you know, basically point him in the right direction. So I thought it was one of the better episodes or better entry episodes because from a personal perspective, you know, I had jumped in Doctor Who like uh, on the 10th Doctor. Uh, but this is the first one where I even I even got my wife to watch to watch it and she dug it and she's a pretty big critic of like my nerdy pursuit. So even she thought that's a good start. I like it where it's going. I'd like to see more. So I'm like, okay, cool. 
Um, and like I said, it's not necessarily the best. So if you ask Whovians, like, what's the best episode, this might not come up in their even, like, their top five or top ten. But like I said, this is a gateway. Like, if you want to get into the show, if you want to get into the series, I suggest you start there. And then if you like it, then, like I said, I mean, that's the benefit of having streaming uh, shows. You can go back and you can go forward uh, anywhere you like. So there you go. Um, it, it's, it's funny again. I, I, I want to ask the question. Have you gone back and looked at the previous uh, doctors? It's rough. It's rough. I mean, it is. Yeah, it's you know the the first the first few iterations. It's black and white. It's like dudes in cardboard box cutouts going beep boop beep boop. You know, the Cybermen are supposed to be these more the most threatening uh, race of of robots on uh, in the universe, and it's just like dudes in like. Yeah, no, it's not. So, but I mean, yeah, it, it's sci-fi, so it, it's not for everybody. But like I said, if you if you want to give it a try, start there. So, um, I have to tell you, I wasn't really paying attention to what you're saying. Did you give a specific episode, or just start from? I think you said the first, oh, first episode. It's uh, it's it's the first. Uh, it's called the Eleventh Hour. Sorry, Eleventh Hour on HBO Max. So. Yeah, uh, I don't have an episode or a season number because they, I guess they don't oh, do okay. that at the BBC. So just, yeah, Matt Smith's first episode. 11th hour, okay. 11th well, hour, yeah. I'm going to try that. I'm going to do that for you. I'm okay. gonna, <laughs> Thank I'm you, gonna, okay. I'm going to watch it one more time and see, <laughs> see if it catches, okay? I'm t- um, yeah, I try. I tried jumping in at the beginning of the other dudes and it's like, this is not, this is not as like catchy as, as the other one. But anyway, go ahead. Um, I'll I'll start my next my my first one um, is a more recent series and I have to give Harold shout out to uh, introducing me to the the series and um, to be honest with you um, Brooklyn Nine Nine would have been one of those things if Harold didn't introduce it to me and Harold didn't suggest it to me I don't think I would have gone and watched it considering I think there's like eight seasons or seven seasons already. I think eight. Um, just that number is staggering to me. You know the fact that um, the, the fact that you the, the fact that you would have to watch all throughout. And interestingly enough, uh, it was one of the first movies that or uh, TV shows um, in the modern era that I actually binged straight through to the point where I, I finished it. Um, but I was actually telling Harold uh, when I was binging it, I, I kept on asking Harold. You know, does it get better? You know, will <laughs> I start liking the will I start liking the protagonist? Um, and it wasn't until uh, um, you know a couple episodes into the the, the series, um, in an episode uh, episode called Halloween. Um, that, oh yeah, um, Halloween was the one episode. Sorry, what would you say? I said the, the way I just said. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a more it's a more perverted um um uh, Kool Aid Man Kool Aid Man. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so a uh, uh, real quick synopsis. Um, you know, uh, Halloween has the characters of Jake Peralta and Captain Holt, um, deciding that they're going to um hold a competition. Like uh, um, Peralta uh, challenges Captain Holt, and Captain Holt is this straight laced guy who doesn't really do anything fun. Um, at least at the beginning, the, the first part of the series, he's a really, really serious guy. And surprisingly enough, um, he agrees to this um, competition where um, where um, J- Jake is going to steal, I think it was the Middle Honor Medal for, of, of Captain Holt. 
and if he's able to steal it before midnight, um, you know, he, uh, um, Jake was or Captain Holt was going to declare that he was like the the greatest detective ever, and <laughs> if, um, uh, and if um, he lost, um, he would have to do like um, the what do you call it? The um, his 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 like uh, extra shifts, I think was or paperwork. There you go, paperwork. And um, what ensued was uh, almost like a um, Ocean's Eleven style, um, uh, like a caper, where um, you know you think one thing is happening, and all of a sudden it turns out there, there's there's this double cross. And in the end, it became not just one of my favorite episodes, but every single year they actually have an episode, um, a Halloween episode, where they just take the same premise where there's a competition, somebody's going to uh, win, somebody's going to lose, and they just keep on doubling down every single uh, every single season. And it actually became one of my um, more favorite um, running gags where I know that every single season there's one episode I'm going to look forward to, and it's the Halloween episode. H? Yeah. Um, see, that's the thing is when there's – like the shows you guys are just talking about where there's so many seasons, it is, yeah, intimidating to try to get into it. And like if we're a little too late, like we always discuss this, or if we're too late going into something, we don't even bother anymore. So uh, my first series is actually this kind of the same thing. Um, the fact that the show ran for nine seasons was Dude, yeah, you, probably you for most people. You watch Big Bang Theory finally? No, oh. no. <laughs> Here it is. His top three episodes. (laughs) I was gonna say, yeah, my favorite episode from Big Bang Theory is the it's the finale because that meant it finally was over. (laughs) (laughs) But I know Dennis loved the finale, so we'll talk about that. But uh, actually, it was the show that led into the Big Bang Theory, and that show was uh, How I Met Your Mother, Um, a show that they said was supposed to be the the uh, successor to Friends because it was very similar premises and had very similar um, characters, but like to uh, more extreme degrees. And for me, the one episode that I've actually gotten people to get into the show with is an episode called, um, oh my God, I'm blanking right now. Oh, it's called Slap Bet. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's, it's a great episode because it introduces the best running gags that the series has ever seen. Yeah. And it does like, this was a season three episode. Season three is the best series, uh, best season of how I met your mother, but it introduced so many running gags. The first one being like the episode is called slap bet, which is something that uh, you you make a, a bet with your friend. And if you lose, you get to slap the other person and it intensifies. And in the end it ends up being, uh, Barney, played by Neil Patrick Harris, is given the option if he wants to be slapped 10 times right now or five times at any time unbeknownst to him. <laughs> and most people were like, I'll take the 10 right now. And he's like, no, no, five is less than 10. And they're arguing with him saying, no, nah, man, like you can get slapped at any time. So maybe, maybe, you know, take the 10 now. And he, he says, no, he's going to take the five. And he ends up getting slapped in the first one. The reason he ended up getting slapped is because of another running gag where they find out one of the characters, Robin, who is um, Maria Hill in the Avengers series. 
um, and uh, Colby Smulders, but um, they she has a fear or she does not like going to the mall, and they are trying to bet why she doesn't want to go to the mall. Uh, one person bets that she doesn't go to the mall because she got married at the mall, and then Barney bets that she doesn't go to the mall because she filmed a pornography at the mall. <laughs> so her big secret is either she's married or she was a porn star, and they uh discuss this throughout the whole thing it's just funny going all the way through and then they find out at the very end the reason she hates going to malls is because they she was an 80s canadian pop star much like tiffany and she would have to perform at malls and drink orange julius's every weekend so she was sick of it and they introduced her 80s music video playing as her 80s counterpart robin sparkles and uh it ends up being that's still one of the best jokes that they've ever done. The song Let's Go to the Mall is one of the catchiest things that TV has ever produced. And overall, it's a great um, kind of uh, like condenser of the whole the series as a whole because you find out exactly where each character is, what their motivations are, and why you either cheer or don't like them. And that's why uh, my favorite is <laughs> it's my favorite, and I love it as a gateway, but uh, slap it. Yeah, I, I like too that that episode. Now to think of it, thanks for bringing that up, H. But um, yeah, that the whole slap bet pays off in the last season too. Yeah, the it, last, pays, yeah. It, it pays off everywhere because there's random there's there's random times where Marshall will say the yes. number of slaps that he has. Yeah. So he slaps him once, and then he slaps him another time at slaps giving, and he say that's two, and or that's three because he does it at a at a play. But he's literally he literally counts out like how many are left, and then in the later series you find out that instead of making money, he uh, hedges down and says you can get five more slaps or three more slaps, and he's like I'll take the three slaps instead of the ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, yeah. let's be perfectly honest too, though, dude. I mean, is Jason Siegel? He's like seven six. I mean, I don't no, know. He, <laughs> he's gigantic. He's like, He's like six six or six. Yeah, he's but a big next dude. to next to NPH. Like, I mean, yeah. If if your brother, <laughs> one of the, I mean, if your brother in law said, "I'm gonna slap you five times right now," I'm like, I'll take one randomly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of the that's one of my favorite jokes. Still is uh, when he slaps Barney one time and he says, "It's in that episode." He goes, he slaps me. He goes, "Dude, your hands are enormous." And uh, Jason Segel responds, "Of course, you've seen my penis." <laughs> Such a good episode. Good call, dude. And yeah, you're right. Like Robin Sparkles is like an ongoing joke. So if you don't, if you caught it from that episode, uh, yeah, it pays off a lot of times uh, eventually. And even if you go to like, uh, oh shit, uh, hot topic and stuff, that's like, that's like one of the few t shirts they had back then. Uh, good choice. Um, where were we? Are we back to me again or? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, I'm gonna take a small switch um, from from uh, from uh, TV shows, and I'm gonna give my suggestion for comic books. Um, I'm gonna suggest this series or this comic book for Iron Man fans. So I know everybody knows, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of Tony Stark and the freaking billion dollar. Uh, franchise iron man but if you are you know if you want to get into the reading or get into the comic books um i would suggest the series um extremists 
Uh, it's spelled E X T R E M I S. Uh, it came out, I think, in the 2000s. It was written by Warren Ellis and art by Addie Granov. Um, I suggest it because it is basically an update on Iron Man's origins. Um, it is it's a short read. It's only like you can buy them now on Amazon. Uh, you can buy the, uh, the the whole completed series. I mean, on Amazon, it's a great thing because. Just like Doctor Who and everything else, Iron Man's been around since the freaking 60s. So there's like literally hundreds, if not thousands of issues with Iron Man in it. But, you know, if you're a new fan trying to get into comic books, I think Extremis is a really good, um, you know, it, again, kind of like my suggestion for Doctor Who. It, it, it condenses everything that you want to know about Iron Man and gives like a lot of what makes him tick and what makes him work and what makes him relatable and what makes him a hero. Um, so it's a lot of fun. And if anything, actually, if you, I mean, chronologically, this actually came before the John Favreau directed movie. So a lot of what John Favreau took for the, for the movie were from this issue or from these issues, like the, uh, the artist, Adi Granov, like I said, I think he was actually, hired to design you know the the first mark one mark three mark ones through three costumes to make it look like these iron man suits of armor were practical they were heavy like how would they actually look if they worked and so you know if you're a fan of the comic books or i'm sorry if you're a fan of the movies which obviously you know hundreds and thousands of people are because you know it, it, it was a tentpole for the whole mcu like this is, I think is a good start. So, like I said, um, you can find it on Amazon now, um, or you know, if, if you want to support small businesses out there, go check it out at a comic store. I mean, there's not a lot left, but uh, go to comic store, ask for the extremist uh, comic, and um, enjoy yourselves. It's a really quick read. We highly recommend it. Um, I would second that um, that recommendation. Um, I, I, it's one of the Iron Man stories that I actually did um, enjoy, and yeah. partially, uh, and actually not partially. Part of me actually want wanted um, them to kind of dwell more into the concept of the extremist armor, um, um, and I know they tried their best without going in depth into it. But um, I, I I thought that the the episode itself or the the series itself was a pretty solid one, um, uh, considering that it's Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the nice thing too is like it's more or less self-contained. Like a lot of these comic books nowadays, it's like cross over this. You have to read you know this to get what's going on in here. But you know, like uh, like I said, like this felt pretty like self-contained, but still within the story. So like hopefully this will be. The hook that gets you into like, oh, let me look, let me find other com- Iron Man comic books. I'm glad you read it too. Then it was, it was really good. I think you suggested it actually. <laughs> Most likely. <yeah>. Most likely. <laughs> um, I was going to wait for um my uh, the comic book to be the last one, but since you kind of mentioned comic book, I, I guess I'll um jump on the bandwagon over here. Um, you know, kind of like um, you know, kind of like uh, shows. Um, you know, comic books is really hard to jump into, considering that almost every single year there's different iterations of uh, of characters. Um, people die, people um, you know uh, get uh, get resurrected. Um, their characteristics change, um, and while this might not necessarily count as a jumping point into today's current comic books. I think this is a great jumping point to be able to understand a uh, a character that I really really love. 
And um, that character is actually um, Wally West, The Flash. Um, you know, when we still had our website, I, I wrote a, a piece um, lamenting uh, um, how, how I feel like DC has kind of um, you know, screwed them over. Um, but I have to tell you that without The Flash, I don't think I would have been as much of a comic book reader as I was. Um, you know, I was just like every anybody in the 90s, I was into like the X-Men um, and, and all those things. But um, I, I think partially, partially that was the one, uh, the X-Men was the one series. And aside from like, you know, the image comics that, that popped up, um, there was really much um, uh, comic books that I was really like looking into and reading. Um, it wasn't until um, I think it was Flash, uh, Flash number 62. Um, and Flash number 62, a, a couple of things that kind of makes it, um, really, really good and makes it really interesting is that um, Mark Wade, who now is like, you know, a guru in terms of like comic books, um, uh, in the ni- early 90s, um, Mark Wade was still, I guess you could say, kind of trying to make it into the industry. Um, he was a name, but he was really that big, big yet. And he was able to um, get onto uh, um, The Flash. Um, and at this point, the Flash was kind of like, um, you know, was in, was wasn't that popular. It was making enough money, it was making enough sales, but um, it wasn't really that much adored. It, it was a comic book that I liked, just because it was the Flash. I've always liked the Flash, but even I was kind of like getting kind of sick and tired of of how it seemed like the writers didn't know where to go with this character. And Mark Wade, what he decided to do, and I think it was one of the very first times that we that, that um, comic books did it, was they decided to do kind of like a year one type thing, where um, you know, Flash, number, uh, Flash number 62 uh, um, decided that they were going to take a look at, uh, at uh, Bear, uh, uh, Wally West and um, look back into Wally West as a as a kid and kind of did a new origin story, kind of reinterpreted the story of Barry Allen, who at this point, um, you know, was somebody that was not um, that po- was, was popular. He was considered to be a hero. He was one of, aside from B- uh, Bucky, was two of the characters that everybody said you would never, ever, ever get uh, return Barry Allen. Barry Allen is... Is a, it was a martyr. We're going to keep them that way. And um, it was interesting enough that they started, Mark Wade decided to take a look at it. What was the relationship of Wally West and Barry Allen in the early days? It was a really good read. Um, it really um, got me interested. And what shocked me, though, was later on, a couple of episodes later, in, um, I think it was Flash number 74 or 73, they decide that they were going to in, reintroduce Barry Allen, and in in the storyline, Barry Allen all of a sudden comes uh, appears out of nowhere. He doesn't know how he gets there. Um, he doesn't know um, what's going on, and all of a sudden, the one person, the the greatest hero in the world, is finally back. And Wally West has no idea what to do. And so, my recommendation is actually um, it's called the Return of Barry Allen. Um, you can actually um, see it in like um, in graphic novel form, and it's uh, the the series 
that really reinterprets um, the, uh, not just Wally West, but everything that you know of about the Flash right now, the the concept of the Speed Force, the concept of like a, a lot of the powers that you see even in like the Flash TV, it all really came from Mark Wade and this run. Um, and so, if you really want to get to introduce um, a, 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 a Mar- um, uh, the Flash, I would suggest picking up Return of the uh, Return of Barry Allen. And um, you know, I don't want to reveal too much, but there's a huge plot twist that, uh, to this day, still resonates to me. And um, we, the, the, when we find out the truth of who Barry Allen is, it actually leads to, I think, one of the greatest runs. Ten years of Mark Wade on on the Flash. I have every single episode, uh, issue collected. And I think for those people who might who don't know the Flash too well, um, pick that up. Hell, uh, come visit me. I'll give you my copy. Um, just so <laughs> they can read it. I like that run of DC Comics. To be honest, dude, like um, I, I like that. Like that was what was different with Marvel Comics back then too. Is the fact that I felt it was really like brave for DC to not just with the Flash, but also with the Green Lantern and a few other you know, uh, properties that they said, like, you know, uh, Hal Jordan and Barry Allen were, you know, the seventies and eighties icons, but here are new heroes for kids and readers from the nineties and moving on. And I think you and I have talked on the side before of how much DC has unfortunately poo-pooed on all of those legacy characters in the last few years. It's kind of like, like if you're, if you're watching basketball, we love magic. We love Kareem. We love Shaq. But then we got to make space for the new kids, for all the new stuff. And imagine if, like, you know, Jeannie and the rest of the of the bus family or, or whoever's in management said, um, you know, forget all the development of all the young kids. Uh, we're going to bring back Magic because, you know, we loved him back then. So you're going to love him now. And I know it's not the same because obviously, you know, age, reality has set in and comic books is a different, you know, whole new world where you know an artist can just draw whatever he wants to do but uh it, it was kind of it was kind of weird but i did enjoy that phase i i dig that good choice dude so it's kind of like triple h basically yeah yeah <laughs> wow yes sir. yes yeah it happens in all Actually, everything we love <laughs> you know it's funny that's that's the perfect transition because that's what i was going to go into oh nice is, dude. is um, my gateway for pro wrestling there's lots Ooh, of matches good I know. I was gonna say, dude. Some matches where you can where you can show people and be like, "This is what it sort of is," you know, love it or leave it. Um, The first example I used to give people was Mankind versus The Undertaker, just because if you ever wanted to see a man uh, almost murdered three times, um, (laughs) three times, dude. (laughs) Like, there's that. Before you continue. yeah, people forget that he fell like three freaking times. There was that first one that everybody loves and like the JR call of, by God, dude does it two more times after that. Like the, the one through the cage is still the worst one because he yeah, where the lands tooth, on his head. Where the tooth comes through his nose. Yeah, yeah. And like it's I showed it nose. to my, yeah. yeah. I showed it to my son and he was like, is that like bubble gum? I was like, no, bud. <laughs> like yeah. his jaw went into his mouth push a tooth up his nasal cavity and then and it hung out there. <laughs> God. Okay, go ahead. But back 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 to you. Sorry. <laughs> so there's that, like if you want to show people the morbid side of wrestling. And then there's also um uh for me the athletic side of it, which is Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio from Halloween Havoc ninety seven. 
in terms of like nonstop action. So if you ever wanted to watch an action movie, there's an action <laughs> movie. But the match that I always use to for people to get into wrestling is from WrestleMania 13. It is Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm, uh, nice. Not only because it's the birth of like the Austin era, but it's dramatic, it's physical, and it's exactly what pro wrestling is all about. So you have Bret Hart, who goes in as a protagonist, who everybody loves, Canadian hero, like hero to children all around the world. Then you have the uh, foul-mouthed, uh, beer-drinking Stone Cold Steve Austin, who everyone is starting to side with because of the fact that he doesn't care and he's a rebel. And you have that those dynamics going against each other, the old guard versus the new guard. You have two wrestlers who know how to actually wrestle and who actually have um, the crowd in the palm of their hands like the whole time. And the very ending is something I'll never forget. You have... Uh, Bret Hart hitting Stone Cold in the head with a with a ring bell, and then that opens up a cut, and then you have him stuck in the sharpshooter, and instead of giving up, like tapping out or saying I quit, he just has the blood gushing down his face, and just doesn't just passes out, doesn't even say I quit. You have Ken Shamrock like go and ring the bell because this guy's done, and as soon as it's over, Bret Hart is like you know people are kind of booing him because he. You know, he was doing a little bit of dirty stuff in the in the match. He was choking him with a cable. He was uh, throwing him into tables and stuff. And then uh, when it's over, he starts kicking Austin while he's down. He starts beating him up. And then the whole crowd turns. So, like, drama-wise, never will be beaten inside a wrestling ring. You have two of the biggest stars of all time going at each other on the biggest stage of all time, which is... It's unfortunate that it wasn't the main event for WrestleMania 13 because you felt bad for The Undertaker and Sid Justice because they had to follow up with that. But it's one of the best wrestling matches of all time, and it's so damn entertaining. I've seen that match dozens of times, and even like the whole build-up to it, just it, 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 it's fantastic. Um, because yeah you're right i mean it's not like one of those you know not to get all wrestling nerd but it's not like one oh no it is a five-star wrestling match but you're right though dude like a, a lot of wrestling matches it has to be like well you have to have seen this match first and to understand why this is doing that but like yeah that one is like from beginning to end like it's it's like a small movie in, in dude the scheme stone cold's entrance stone cold's entrance is at the the it's at Madison Square Garden and it has the Austin 316 logo made out of glass and right before he walks through the glass shatters <laughs> dude. dude so good so good <laughs> i get you dude um uh, do, do how much oh go ahead H, oh, go ahead the the one thing i kind of want to mention is i still do remember that 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 finish where um I think I was one of those people that that were like were slowly but surely um, getting on board with um, you know with with Stone Cold, but you know um, I was still was not fully um, fully on his side yet at that point. But seeing him pass out, you know, and it's it's one of those moments where you forget that yes, these things are scripted. But because of the way it was done, and because of the 
the the the the you know the the performance um i still to this day i still get goosebumps and that was the one that the, that was the one thing where him like um uh, in agony the blood going down his face and then all of a sudden just passing out and i was like dude that guy is amazing and ever since then i've yeah. been a fan the thing uh, see, really quickly the thing that's so awesome is the fact that he gets out of the sharpshooter the first time and the crowd is like, yeah, he's going to make it. And then Bret Hart's like, no, dude, come back here. <laughs> he puts him back in and just like, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> like, it doesn't, I oh, mean, yeah. That's yeah, that's wrestling drama. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's definitely one of those things, too, where it's like it almost, I mean, not to be like a defender of, of, of the art or whatever, but it it, t- it definitely takes the, di- the, the whole dialogue of like, oh, wrestling is just Hulk Hogan's and all that stuff fake punching each other like you get lost in that in that in that match that's a good idea actually i'm gonna i'm gonna test that out i'm gonna show it to my wife and see if she likes it she does not like wrestling by the way <laughs> she's not gonna like the blood i know <laughs> you say look at this handsome young man with a shaved head and the bloody oh my god <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hart's uh, pretty, pretty good looking <laughs> yeah, <I was> gonna, <laughs> with his uh no chin and uh 80s mullet going on i don't know that wasn't even a mullet but his uh yeah, Jerry his, the, the classic jake's <laughs> Stringy hair, Jerry Curl thing. Um, okay, so for uh, do we, I'm sorry, Dan. Do we have time for one for one more, or how do how we do? It? One more one. Okay, cool. One more. So um, my last one, I am gonna go with. It's not as long, or it's not as. I mean, uh, okay. Um, Batman the animated series. Uh, Batman is one of those great characters, um, just like everybody else. Actually, I think he's been around longer than Doctor Who. Iron Man and even the Simpsons. He's been around since before freaking World War II. Um, but, you know, to, to make it easier for, for a lot of the fans, um, I'm going to choose uh, one of my favorite Gateway episodes for his animated series. You know, the, the well-renowned, well-loved uh, Paul Dini uh, cartoon. Um, uh, my choice will be uh, Batman, uh, what was it? Mad as a Hatter. This is the episode where we're introduced Ooh. to the Mad Hatter. Um, so yeah, it's not like a Joker episode. I know everybody knows the Joker, obviously. It, it, a lot of, I mean, again, millions of people have seen the movies and all the iterations of the Joker. But I like this episode a lot because, I, like I said, it's my favorite Gateway episode because I think personally it was my Gateway episode. Watching, you know, catching this on a on a random three o'clock in the afternoon when I was coming home. You know, the, those wonderful days in the 90s where, you know, all the cartoon blocks were starting at 3 o'clock. Um, but, you know, this this episode, it, it showed, like, how, what do you call it, it, it how twisted the villains of, of Gotham City were, how good of a detective and how good of a, a hero, you know, Batman really is. And, you know, the what I liked about the show a lot, and, you know, I, I guess it's one of those where you look back at it, as, uh, that, that was the case, but they really did, the show did a, a great effort of, like, making the bad guys believable and, you know, giving them a little... S- Sympathy, I guess. You know, you, you kind of feel bad for Jarvis Tetch, the, the Mad Hatter in this episode, who, you know, he falls in love with his lab technician. He's a scientist, of course, uh, who has, you know, for whatever reason, he's perfected mind control um, technology, which fits in, uh, you know, appropriately enough into like an oversized card. 
So, you know, throughout the whole episode, he's using it to control uh, people, uh, to make himself look like the cool guy. He, he, he you know, he, he hypnotizes some thugs to jump, them, to jump off the roof. Uh, he hypnotizes the maitre d' at a restaurant so he can get a free meal and impress this girl. But at the end of the story, the girl doesn't love him back because, you know, that's just how it is. Um, and, you know, this is his path to villainy is that he was scorned once and now he's forever going to, He's he's gonna he's gonna be this bad guy, but you kind of feel bad for the guy. And um, so, like I said, a really fun episode. You know, um, it goes back to what I said. I think a couple episodes ago is like, you know, uh, you get Batman and Spider-Man villains if you know scientists don't take arts and humanities classes because that's exactly what this guy was. He was a sign a genius scientist who, like I said, was able to create mind control technology, but he wastes it freaking trying to get a girl so you know it's a good show good episode um this is available on the dc universe app uh, i don't know if a lot of people have it it's still running i'm actually kind of surprised hbo max hasn't picked this uh the the, the cartoon up um, i think right now on hbo max they have like the michael keaton movies and all those but not the you know the the, the super critically acclaimed cartoon. So I'm waiting for that to happen, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the DC Universe app is going to get folded into the HBO Max app eventually, so everybody ha- will have a chance to watch this. But yeah, that is Hatter, season yeah, one. Uh, give it a couple of months, because from what I understand, um, Harley Quinn is going to be going into um, the, uh, our, our, our HBO Max. So, I mean, oh, okay. it's, it's just... Event, it's an eventuality. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that pull, um, uh, Lou. But I have to tell you, uh, if if we were to talk about um, episodes that are gateway, I, I I think it would have to be the Joker, and um, it, okay. it, it has to be a Joker episode. Um, it has to be the Laughing Fish. You know. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, that's a good one too. The Laughing Fish was a. Um, it, it's funny when I first watched it, I was trying to figure out why does this sound familiar why is this premise familiar and it took me like years down the line to realize that it was actually like um a a lot of the storyline um is actually taken from like different um iterations of like joker um stories and they decide to put it together and i thought that this was the best reintroduction to who the joker is and who the joker was in terms of the joker is supposed to be smart the joker is supposed to be you know, um, it's he's not just a maniac. He's supposed to be able to go toe to toe with Batman. Maybe not physically, but at least mentally. You know, he was not just some sort of goofball. And this one had that, you know, that detective um, film noir type thing going for it. Where um, it, this, for me, um, if if nobody's ever watched a, a Batman animated series, it would have to be The Laughing Fish or uh, a Heart of Heart of Ice. Heart of Ice, or, yeah. One, two, yeah. My favorite, my favorite's always gonna be Almost Got Him. Oh, that's such a good one too. Dang it, yeah, dude. Only because it has almost all the good villains mm-hmm. and a and a great ending. Yeah, so, so anyway. such a great gag. I, I yes. threw a rock at him. <laughs> um, for me, the, the last one I would have to go to. Uh, it would be remiss of me to, um, since we're trying to introduce people into. Um, you know, into uh, fandom. Um, since Her- uh, Lewis was able to do Doctor Who, I think I'm going to have to go and talk about um, Star Trek. 
and um, you know, uh, let me get my uh, let me get my pen and paper out, please. Exactly. Go ahead. <laughs> Star Trek is is a little bit difficult because of the different iterations, um, you know, um, and kind of like well, kind of like Doctor Who. And no, it's not the same Captain Lewis. It, it's not. <laughs> He's not reborn into a different person. It's actually a different, uh, and, and I think that's that's what makes um, this an interesting thing because um, the, the original series you had Captain Kirk, and um, you know this really really out there, you know, um, bro, uh, full of bravado, um, you know, everything that you can think of, like all the uh, tropes of what a Star Trek captain is supposed to be. It is. You know, it is um, it is um, Captain Kirk, but um, the one episode that I would suggest to everybody out there to watch um, is, you know, I'm still a huge Star Trek: Next Generation fan, and kind of like Doctor, uh, uh, um, some some sh- um, shows. First season was uneven. Um, some really good episodes there, but if you really want to understand what um, uh, Next Generation is, you have to watch an episode. Um, and I believe it's called the Four Lights um, is is the, is the name of it. Um, and you know, here you have Captain Picard, um, a, a, a captain that is completely different from um, Captain Kirk. He's not young. He's not um, physical. He's not going out for the ladies and all these things. And um, this episode actually shows Captain Picard um, getting captured. Um, completely different from what it is. And the whole show is him being inter- interrogated by this Kardashian, one of the bad guys. And he's basically being tortured. <laughs> I'm know? sorry, Kardashian? Yes. Uh, okay, it's, sorry. Good. Continue. Yeah. What? Um, it's a Kardashian, dude. <laughs> before, the, before the Kardashian show, Kardashians were already popular, dude. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so the whole episode is Captain Kirk being um, tortured, not physically, but mentally. Um, you know, um, and and tr- this person, uh, this the captor is trying to break him down, trying to uh, um, trying to um, you know get him to betray the the federation. And what's amazing about this is that you barely there's no there's no lasers, there's no uh, ships, there's no nothing like that. It's just Captain Picard being being um, in, in this really really psychological episode. But what's amazing about it is that you see why um, uh, Jean-Luc Picard, why you have um, uh, Patrick Stewart being the, the captain. And being the classically trained actor that he is, you see him breaking down. You see him slowly but surely coming from this proud captain to this person that is barely, you know, barely alive. And him screaming, him shouting, it's a really powerful episode. And I think um, um, that is one of the greatest, uh, one of uh, one of the best episodes. And there's three episodes in Star Trek: Next Generation that I would suggest. And each one, hardly any uh, ships, hardly any um, you know any action. It just really was a psychological drama. And I think that's what Star Trek has kind of forgotten what is important about the series. So that's so my. That's- that's my recommendation. Nice. That's. I mean, that's what a lot of fans like yourself. That's why you guys say that. That's what dif- differentiates it from Star Wars is that it is psychological, it is sociological, and it, it's got like it's got something deeper to say than just, you know, my dad's a bad guy. Yeah. And light swords. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- th- there's another episode, um, you know, where 
um, Captain Picard like lives out his uh, his whole life. Um, like because of some alien shenanigan, he basically lives um, um, you know, 40 years, 50 years of his life, and then he dies. Um, and then he's brought back and he remembers every single minute detail of that life. And he's sitting there going, who am I? Who am I supposed to be right now? Am I that person that lived 50 years or am I this person that's living at this moment? You know, it's just, mo- it's just episodes like that that made that series amazing. Awesome. Uh, b- uh, before we move to Harold, uh, where can I catch this? Um, it's on Netflix. Asking, asking for a friend. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Okay, cool, cool. So next, the whole next generation is on Netflix right now. Oh, and CBS All Access. Okay. Which I believe somebody was able to get a yeah. Your name from? Go ahead. Sorry, H. Um, my last one is actually a uh, callback to the beginning of the episode where Dennis said he was trying to get into a show and he said he gave it the first season and he wasn't sure about it. Actually, of course, like I say, is one of my favorites, probably my favorite, Parks and Recreation. The episode Ooh. is in <laughs> season four. Uh, the, sh- the episode is called The Comeback Kid. Um, I love this episode so much just because it's one of the episodes where you get to see every single person get a shining moment for something funny and for a cast that big it's 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 a daunting task but they're able to pull it off um one of my favorite things is the very end is just classic because the premise of it is leslie nope has decided to run for city council but people feel the people that were helping her out decide that uh, because of her background or because of a um, uh, things that she's done, that she is not the best candidate anymore. So they decide to drop her um, because she's having, she's in a relationship. Yeah. She's, she's in a relationship with, uh, with someone that she works with who is Ben Wyatt and Ben being her eventual husband. And, he has to quit his job in order for her to do that. So he's in a depressed, uh, he's in, he's depressed. And the only person that can help him is Rob Lowe, who's the most positive character on the show, probably of all time. And uh, one of the things that makes me crack up is the way he's been dealing with his depression is to create a claymation, uh, like a claymation movie. And he said he's been working on it for weeks and they decide to use, he wants to show it to him. So he shows them the, the video and it's literally three seconds long. <laughs> it's the, it's to the song stand by REM in the song stand in the place where you, that's how, that's how, how many words gets out of the song and that's before it. the movie cuts off. <laughs> it's just stand Jeez. in the, and then the very end they had, they're supposed to hold a rally for her. And they think it's at a gym, but the gym is actually no longer a basketball gym. But for today is an ice skating rink. So instead of having her walk across onto a stage in the middle, which is supposed to be a big stage, they have a very small stage. And they only have about 10 feet of carpet to get her from the entrance to the stage. So it's literally a team effort for everybody to get from the entrance to the stage. And they have a three-legged dog, which can't make it onto the ice. 
So Ron Swanson has to carry the dog, and he's like, the dog is peeing on me. The dog is peeing on me. And in order for her to get onto the stage, they literally make themselves into steps and push her on top of it. And it's a perfect encapsulation of the whole series because you see how positive Leslie is in the face of all the negativity that she faces and how all of her friends and coworkers are willing to do whatever it takes in order for her to succeed. So, and it's hilarious. Like they, like the whole get up the, um, the stand in the place where you are song is funny, but at the very end, her campaign song is um, get on your feet by Gloria Estefan. So they're literally playing get on your feet while they're not able to get on their feet because they're <laughs> slipping on the ice. And then when the song ends, it plays again. <laughs> it just keeps it, get on your feet. And then there's a part where they're supposed to have a guy dunk because he's famous for dunking. But because the fact that they're on ice, he goes to the dunk and he just slips and gets a concussion. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. So if you, ever, if you ever really wanted to know exact, like for me, it's a it's the perfect episode. There's a lot of different episodes where there's as much comedy as there is heart, which is the 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 crux of the whole series is the fact that it's both funny and heartwarming at the same time. And this is probably like the perfect uh, vision of what the show is about. So if you ever need or wonder why I love that show that much, watch that episode. So nice, maybe. Dude. Maybe we should do that. I mean, we're, we're about to end our episode, but maybe for a segment next episode, um, I say we, we each assign each other like one thing, um, you know, and we allow and, and we kind of talk about it for like 15 minutes next episode, what we thought of the, the, the one uh, series or the one episode that, uh, that each of us um, actually talked about. What, what so you then can we do a rock, paper, scissors to see who whoever loses has to watch Doctor Who? I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. I, I, already, I, already queued up the, uh, I already queued up the four lights, by the way. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Can you see my <laughs> you can see, go. Can your fingers? Okay. Right well, we, um, we just say it. We just, no, can you see my fingers? I don't know. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Okay. I can see your hand. Rock, paper, scissors. What are you doing? <laughs> scissors. Scissors. Oh, like I saw this part only. So, okay, so you, you watch Doctor Who, I'll watch Parks, Parks and Rec. And no, then- I, well, you know, I'm not going to force Doctor Who on you guys. I, I, have the extre- <laughs> I have the extremist comic book. I'll give that to Harold. I'm going to watch the Four Lights episode. Uh, Dennis watches the Wreck and Park one, and then next week let's get back and see what we say. No, I'll I'll, I'll watch Doctor Who. Okay, I'll take one for the team. I'm actually I'm actually because of the fact that Dennis has given it a chance before, and I have never given it a chance. I would love. Where do you, where'd you say it is on again? It's on HBO Max now. Oh man, my account, my. Uh, <laughs> you have HBO. We have like both kinds. You're the one who told me you have a subscription and the. the <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the four lights. I mean, actually, uh, I'm looking it up. I guess it's called something else. It's a two-parter, but yeah, let's listen. No, do so it. yeah, so you don't need to watch the first part. Okay, okay. Um, just the first part just is Captain Picard gets captured. <laughs> That's the only thing. Is that the one where he? Is that the one with the board? No, there's no board. With the Kardashian the man. The, the Kardashian. Kardashian. Dennis knew the Kardashians were bad. (laughs) Right when he saw their name. Kardashians. (laughs) 
<laughs> Dennis was booing him. He didn't even know why. I was like, I just don't like him. <laughs> even back then, they were they were, were rich people that stole from the the poor. <laughs> Dennis is like something about them makes me not want them to like them already. I can't quite put my finger on it. <laughs> now we know why. Now we know why. <laughs> okay, well that's it for our episode today. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, you know, uh, you know, take a hopefully you take a listen, and um, you know, if you actually watch or if you actually read any of our recommendations, please let us know. Um, you know, you can reach us at our. Um, you know, social media, you know, interweb stuff. Um, as usual, if you are brand new to our podcast, just so happen to have uh, jumped in, you can take a look at all our old episodes. Um, it is on the two fanboys, one casual.podbean.com, where you can find each and every single episode that has gone in the past. And of course, you can also reach us at on Facebook, two fanboys and a filthy casual. Every time the podcast goes live, we'll be posting it there. Any other fun news, memes, jokes, anything else that we find online, we'll be um, sharing it there as well. Not to mention our pretty active uh, Facebook group. So find us there too. Uh, you know, pull up the groups, two fanboys and a filthy casual. A bunch of like-minded fanboys and fangirls um, geeking out over the stuff that's going on in uh, the world of pop culture. And then. Uh- on Instagram and Twitter, two fanboys, one casual, and anywhere you can find your favorite podcasts. Like literally, that's awesome, you guys. <laughs> now, my friend just pointed out that there's a couple of other sites that we're not on, and I'm on it, so we're, we'll have those up. I'm <laughs> so we've been lying to our audience. <laughs> no, like she gave me this list, and I was like, "Yeah, well, we're on all." I was like, "What the hell are those things at the bottom?" Like nobody go- anywhere. Are they just- like Chinese-controlled ones, or like? I have no idea. She just started her own podcast. Uh, she says she wants to be a uh, a guest on ours. I'll let her know. Uh, yeah, she has an interesting take on our podcast. It's similar. It's not similar to ours, but they have premises that we've done before. So, yeah. Okay. Um, all I know is if they they hit it big before us, then I, I blame our marketer. Um, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That is it for us today. Hopefully you enjoyed our episode. Um, you know, as usual, this is two fanboys and if it'll be casual, my name is Dennis. This is Lewis. My name is Harold. Peace out. Do, 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 do.